Um, mm-hmm. We well, banter usually is just uh, you know what 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 even uh, weather? Weather's good. That's no, it hasn't. No, no, it isn't. It's been very cold. It's fucking cold as fuck. Fuck the weather, man. God damn the weather. This is not good banter. This is terrible banter. Why did we decide to do the banter? Just play the goddamn song. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back to Epic Tiki's Take, the podcast. My name is Luke Soyan, and with me today is... Jojo Lewis, hello. And we have two things to talk about today. Uh, we wanted to spend some time... We're obviously going to talk about Star Wars Rogue One, because holy shit... The movie is dope. So good. Uh, anyone who doesn't like it, I don't understand you. Yeah. Uh, but also, before we get to that, and we're going to do full spoilers for that when we get there, so just keep that in mind, um, we're also... We want to take a minute, just a few minutes, to talk about the Blade Runner 2049 tr- uh, teaser trailer. Kind of popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Pretty I cool. didn't... It was... It, uh, it came out, and I didn't find it till 14 hours after it came out, <laughs> which sounds like, ah, oh, that's not that much time, but honestly, uh, being a person who goes on Facebook, I can't believe it wasn't trending, and none of my friends shared it, and I didn't see it. That was really puzzling to me. Yeah. So... But it looks really cool. We it, just watched it again. It looks pretty awesome, yeah. I mean, are are you a big Blade Runner person? I'm not a big Blade Runner person, but I I yeah. like that type of I like a futury cyberpunk setting. I like it the more every time I see it again. I like it more. I've only seen it probably three times. Uh huh. I remember like my dad showed it to me because it's like one of his favorite movies. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is kind of neat, but I don't get this ending. There's like a dove and there's the guy. He's crazy and I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And uh, I still don't know what all the imagery means, but it was neat. Like I got it better the last time I watched <laughs> it, and I really liked it. And it just, it's such a fully realized, interesting world to live in. Like yeah. That Los Angeles with the skyscrapers and the pyramid thing and the, the giant geisha woman on the side of a building. Yeah. All that stuff is really cool. They showed, uh, they showed I guess it was supposed to be Ryan Gosling's character walking down a, a street. In front <laughs> what of if a, it wasn't Ryan Gosling? It's, like it's just some looks, guy with a coat. He <laughs> just, just looks exactly like Ryan Gosling. Just <laughs> they went to Hollywood Boulevard. They were like, you. You clearly you look. You have a look. You look a lot like Ryan Gosling. Yes, I do. No, they're just like, you You got who? Mm, I don't know, but you got the look, kid. <laughs> they just pick him. And then uh, later it's weird. You got to see some weird trucks driving, and then there's a yeah, desert. Yeah, like snow street cleaners or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And then they're in this weird red, almost looks like Mars desert. I wonder if it is Mars. And it's then probably not Mars. They go into that building that looks like it has Korean writing in the windows. But also like it's a Art Deco building. Like it looks like it's Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, maybe Los Angeles has been destroyed. Yeah. It's some type of cataclysm. Or it's just the outskirts of Los Angeles somehow, somewhere. Like, yeah. like old Los Angeles and all that new stuff is new. Right. Quote, unquote. Like, right, right. Uh, I don't know. But I, <laughs> so we, and then, yeah, then we see Harrison Ford. Pops out with a gun. And I think it's funny. I'm realizing now that Harrison Ford's going from franchise to franchise to, like, sew it up. Like, he's like, well, I'm 77 or however the fuck old he is. And he just wants to, like, kill all his characters off or tie them up in a neat bow before he dies. That's actually kind of classy on his part. It is. Yeah. It's and he like- even did Star Wars. Like, the fact that he was, like... Yeah, I'll do that one more Star Wars movie. I hate Star Wars, but I'll do it. And he did, and he's fucked up. Like he did a great job oh, he in that did. movie. He was awesome. He was so good. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. And in this, it's crazy because you watch him and you're like, that guy, he 
He's like 56. He's not that old. And you're like, no, he is quite elderly. Yeah. Actually, I want to see um, how old he is because he's I don't a, remember right now. I think he's I like know he's a, in his 70s. Yeah. Um, he made it up there. He is, yeah, 74. Wow. Yeah. He's he just, just tying up loose ends now. He just looks so good for a 74-year-old. He survived a plane crash. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> and, and a door falling on his leg during the production of Episode 7. And he still did not quit? That's amazing to me. He's a tough he's motherfucker. He's a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but the movie, uh, I, I, I think they're nailing the visuals. Like, they have a shot of him wa- of Ryan Gosling walking through, like, a market with the rain and that classic sort of Blade Runner, you know, nighttime rain, and there's, like, a mishmash of culture and yeah. neon lights and shit. Yeah, yeah. It looks really great. I, I mean, not, it's too early to know what, it, what it'll be about, necessarily. Um, but... The director I'm excited about because I just watched Arrival. Uh, I guess his, I heard his name pronounced Denis Villeneuve. He's French from uh, Tor- Toronto. Uh-huh. He's French-Canadian. Right. Um, but he did some amazing work in Arrival. I know that movie was kind of polarizing. Like Some people loved it. Some people didn't. I thought it was really good. Uh, he just has a he's, – he's really good at cinematography. I don't know. Like I mean, obviously, he's a cinematographer on the movie probably. But right. The visuals he makes are great, and I'm sure as long as the script is good, it'll be a great film. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, Arrival is great. And I think, like, Sicario was a huge, like, everyone that saw it loved it. I haven't seen it yet, though. Mm-hmm. But he did that, too. And then he did, like, one other one that I don't, I never saw, but uh, apparently that one's good, too. Okay. So, I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds cool. Like, next year, I very much, every year I do this, I get really excited. Oh, my God, all these movies are coming out. And then you kind of get disappointed as they each come out. Like, yeah, so that's not what I was. That's not what I wanted. It's yeah, good. I mean, this it's year we had Independence Day Resurgence. Was I was really excited when I heard about it. Then I saw the trailer. I was like, I'll go see that. And then I and then it came out. And no one really liked it, and I just never saw it. And I still haven't <laughs> seen it. But we also had Star Trek. That was a good movie, though. And we had a uh, we had Warcraft, which was which was decent. Yeah, we I, had a Doctor I enjoyed Strange, it. which was good. Doctor Strange was very good. We had a. Uh, Fuck, what else movies were there? Batman vs. Superman, very bad. Very terrible. Very awful. It made us super sad. <laughs> uh, we had it made Civil me bat War. Sad. Yeah, Civil, uh, Captain America Civil War. We had that Dead, was one of the best movies of Deadpool. the year. Deadpool. That's right. Deadpool came out this year. Yeah. It just came out so early that it feels... Was it? A, that was January, right? It's February. It's Val- like Valentine's Day. Right, yeah. They had those that was billboards. The yeah. They had those billboards where it was like a rom com. It's like I thought this was a I thought this was a superhero movie. I wonder I wanna know if they did like a survey and they found out how many women were tricked into going to see that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because that was exactly what that marketing campaign was. Yeah. I also really enjoyed they had um they had like uh they had an emoji bo- poster. It was like the like the skull and then a pool or something or yeah. water. It was like dead pool. And then they had like a shit emoji, but I forget why that was on there. Well, that remember. was, that was, uh, that's from the movie that, that joke. Is it? Yeah. It's like, uh, poop emoji for, for a long time. I thought it was chocolate yogurt. I want to see. Here, wait. That was a joke that TJ Miller said in this. In oh the movie. yeah, that's right. It was a, is it the dead guy, then the poop and then an L. So dead pool. Yeah. Dead poo L. Yeah. And yeah. that was a legit, billboard they put up yeah tell people to go see this movie they're like <laughs> i mean they nailed it they really very did. deadpool yeah really, yeah 
Um, yeah. So, and then of course Rogue One, which we will talk about in a minute. I yeah. guess that was really great. Um, what was I going to say? I wanted to say one more thing. Oh, Suicide Squad. We were disappointed by that. Yeah, that heavily. Was very bad. Oh, X Men Apocalypse was very um, meh. Yeah. Like it was. It was fine. It's a. It's a. It's fine. Like if you want to add it. If you're watching a marathon of X-Men movies, it's not going to like make you hate anything, but it's also not going to get you excited. Yeah. Uh, listen to an older episode to hear me <laughs> fighting with Jojo and Tavi about that subject. That was weird, um, but it was fun. Uh, no, but what I was trying to say, what I want to say uh, before we get going is like next year, there are a lot of things, which I'm going to forget a bunch of them right now, but there's like um, Logan. Logan. Episode 8, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians 2. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming, that's right. Um, you uh, said episode 8, right? Yeah. yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner. There's an Aliens movie. Alien Covenant. Which is a sequel to Prometheus, which... Uh, I don't feel bad about that at all. I'm going to love that. Did I, you like Prometheus? I actually, yeah, I really did. I really did. I thought like that was... Because I watched Prometheus and I'm like, this is basically Alien... But like not alien, but I liked Alien, so that was fine. <laughs> I I just there was a lot of weird plot holes and like nonsensical bullshit. And the thing that really made me annoyed with that movie was they didn't really answer anything. They like made it seem like we're gonna move this franchise forward and we're gonna figure out some stuff. And all they did was show us there's like creepy white people who are really tall, who don't talk and just decide to punch things and not explain themselves or be smarter than that, even though they're apparently... there's What is going on outside? I live across the street from a bar, sort of, so yeah. there's noises. I, I, here's the thing, though, with Aliens, like, uh, that, the, just that universe, like, you don't get answers. That's not what's good about it. I heard today, though, I read a thing that in, in this movie, somebody was saying, like, a quote from one of the actors might have been Catherine Waterston from uh, Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh-huh. She's in it. Uh, I thought she said, oh, you'll get some answers. And I was like, finally. Because what I think I thought about Prometheus, or I was hoping, I, I wanted them to go to the home world of these guys. Like, I didn't want to, like, they basically went to this, like, a, a planet they that's went almost to a, they, the same as the one from Alien. It's they, a different one. They thought it was the home world. They were wrong. Yeah. And then they, the, but that was the problem. It's like, from a screenwriting point of view, that was that's cool for the characters, and then oh, they're they're surprised, and then that's not what they meant. But then, as an audience member, I'm just like, I've already seen this. I don't want to see this again. I mean, I guess it's fun to watch a horror movie with aliens and all that junk, but I just I don't know. I wanted them to do new stuff. Like I want to see new aliens. I want to see well, the reason did, for you, the aliens, like where they come from, why. I mean, even if they, it's just they come from a planet and that's where they're from. That's well, they kind of established that they were like a bio weapon. Yeah, but then it's they don't really. They're a, they're a xenomorphic bioweapon they use to cleanse a planet. Yeah, but if see if you cleanse the planet with those things, what do you cleanse them with? You know what I mean? Like then you. Well, like, that's that's the next movie. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the answer I didn't get. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we haven't had a trailer yet, so I'm. Uh, We've had some cool posters, but no trailer. Yeah. It just it just it says run and there's an alien. Which is face. perp. That's like that's what aliens do. Yeah. And we also get there's going to be an underworld. Who cares? Yeah, no. I wanted to find a list, but I can't find a good list. There was one on IMDb that I was like, that listed all the movies I'm really excited for. Yeah. And uh, oh, War of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet. Of the Apes. That's the other one that I'm. Sir. Oh, and Wonder Woman. 
Justice League. I'm yeah, that's true. Those those two things. Transformers are, last night. I'm not excited about that. Yeah, there's a couple things happening next year that I'm like, okay, we don't need those. Yeah. Thank you. I like that the trailer kind of sets up. Oh, Optimus Prime might be bad, but turns out he's going to be having a long con the whole time because he's Optimus Prime. Yeah, it's so stupid. It, <laughs> and Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell, Tell No Tales. Oh shit! That that's right. That is next year. That I legitimately want to see. I know yeah. Johnny is Johnny Depp still in it. Is he still yeah. a bad guy? He's gonna what in real life? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read any court documents. Ugh, uh, well, but I have a guy on it. He's gonna. God damn. I've got a lawyer guy. I I I'm gonna we have a lawyer insider. I'm gonna see that movie because I like the pirates movies. I like them too, even the bad ones. Because the thing about them is, yeah, the story is nonsensical, but there's a lot of great moments and visuals, and like just yeah. pirates are fucking cool. I really liked in the third one. One of my favorite things is there's like this stupid gag where they're like, he's like, uh, the uh, Johnny Depp's talking to um, fuck, I can't remember his name, Gibbs. Yeah, him and Gibbs are talking, and he's like, "I once sailed with a with a geezer who lost both his arms and one of his legs," and then Gibbs is like, "Aye, what did you call him?" And he goes, "Larry." <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's so great. And I I liked his weird his weird dream sequence stuff, even though it made no sense that you would get eaten by a squid monster and then be on a beach in limbo. I think that's just what they're saying. That's where, that's where pirates go when they die. Yeah. They go to special dead place. But then how did they get them out? They just pulled them out of the they flipped them over no, in the they, water. No, they they had to go um they had to go to this weird island, the world's end. Oh, then they they flipped their ship. They flipped their ship upside down and so then that that's when, where they got him from the, there. Yeah, and then so like that was like a ritual so that when the green light came, the mm. sea flipped around and they right. were back on earth in the Caribbean. Right. I need to watch that again. Yeah. And then uh, the the other one, the next one after that, the one where they're like they're fighting against uh, that one. I need to see again because I've only seen it once. It wasn't bad. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I like the pirates movies. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're just fun. I mean, they're they're kind of stupid, but they're not stupid the way the Transformers movies are really stupid. Where yeah. it's like this is pointless and yeah. I hate it. Um, and then a couple other ones real quick. Uh, Power Rangers, which so far. I'm not impressed because the trailer is just Twilight with Power Rangers. Yeah, Twilight Rangers. Uh, And then, yeah, we said Wonder Woman, Justice League. Justice League, I hope it's good, but I'm kind of like, in my mind, it's like, okay, if Wonder Woman and Justice League are good, then do we just have to, like, when we're watching these movies, do we have to watch Batman vs. Superman again? I mean, it's I, like I kind of wish they would just cancel it out I fi- No, somehow. that's going to be like, this is our Incredible Hulk, guys. Like this is our I Hulk. Guess, yeah, yeah. I we've had I, two Hulks so far. Yeah. yeah, I I don't mind Man of Steel. Like it's a watchable movie for me. Yeah, that's that to me is that's equivalent to the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> like it's it's entertaining. It's not a great film, but it's entertaining. Uh, and I guess there's Beauty and the Beast, but I don't really care about that. Don't care. Uh, there's probably some other ones, but let's get to Rogue One. Yeah, let's get to that. We just want—I just wanted to talk about the Blade Runner. My favorite, so my favorite Disney movie of the year is Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> you haven't seen Moana yet, so I you have, can't. can't that be is sure. actually true, and I do kind of want to see that. I want to see it. Yeah, you know what? I, oh, real quick, sorry. You guys are just waiting for our opinions. <laughs> All three of you that are listening. Um, I I heard today. I listened to an older, like a few weeks ago, episode of um Patrick Rothfuss's podcast do you know who that is i think i do 
He's the author of the King Killer Chronicles. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that guy. So and he's still writing the third one or whatever. But he's been talking to he's he's talking to Lionsgate to adapt it into a movie slash TV show. show. Yeah. And uh, I guess he signed a deal or they signed a deal with Lynn Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh-huh. the guy who made uh, Hamilton the stage. Oh, that's play. awesome. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of like, that's interesting, but it actually makes a lot of sense because um, he actually worked on Moana and helped with the story and all that, and he wrote some of the, like the music, I guess. Yeah. But if you have you read those books at all? I'm, I no, not yet. So the name of the wind and um, the wise man's fear; those are the two that are out. Yeah. Then there's one. There's like a novella. I forget what it's called right now. And then there's a th- the third book, which isn't out yet, is called The Doors of Stone. Um, but in the books, the main character, he one of his big things is he has a lute, and he plays it, and he's, like, really good. Like, there's there's really great scenes in the book. Like, you know, you, d- you don't think music would translate well from a book, but somehow the way, like, I mean, you don't listen to it, obviously, but just the way that the scene goes, you're just really into it, like him, because he, he goes up there to perform, and there's a few scenes where he just, like, crushes it. Yeah. And it just reminded me of like doing stand up because we we both do stand up, yeah. And just that feeling of like having a show and then going up and like really nailing it, right? And there's a few scenes, so there's a lot of music in the books, which so it makes a lot of sense that Lin Manuel Miranda would be involved because he's obviously a very talented. That'd be actually guy. pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. Truthfully. So it, it'd be fun to see Quoth. Quoth. It's pronounced Quoth. Yeah. Quoth of them. <laughs> Quoth of those guys. Yeah. Quoth of those books will yeah. be turned into stuff. Uh. So yeah, that's cool. Um, I forget why I started talking about that. But anyways, Rogue One. Yeah. Spoilers starting now. We're not going to fuck around. You guys, just uh, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? Yeah, everyone. it seems like everyone on Earth has seen it. You either point. have kids or you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you have kids, you're not an idiot. It's cause you have if you kids. have kids and haven't seen it, you're like a bad parent yeah, at this point. Even your three-month-old baby Treat should see this movie. Yeah. It's PG-13, but that's it's just Christmas. semantics. Yeah. Christmas. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we loved it. Yes, we went to see it Thursday, the fifteenth, seven p.m. Yep, at uh, the the ultimate crowded showing, and uh, I wore way too many layers in an attempt to claim seats. That was funny that you decided I'm going to wear two pants because one of these pants will hold a seat. <laughs> <laughs> like he just wore jackets. Why are you wearing that? And then you get there and you're like, you're texting our group, your our group message chat. You're like. Is it okay to take your pants off in public? <laughs> I mean, there's pants underneath. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real... De- and I did eventually take off the outer layer of pants, revealing yeah. sweatpants beneath. But you went to the bathroom to I do did. it. I did. I wasn't brave enough to do it. Because we had the awesome seats that were like... They had all kinds of leg room because they were the uh, the hallway seats. Yeah. And, the uh, walkway. Yeah, yeah, the walkway seats. And we were like, oh, shit. I we almost had to pick- give them up because that weird lady was like, my mother's coming. And I'm like, you have a mom still? You're like... <laughs> she was old yeah and then her old mom came in to watch star wars like that's a cool ass great grandma or whatever's going on yeah uh but the, these other people just walked out and left and i felt bad but i was like hey, you guys got up first and i wasn't moving so yeah <laughs> but yeah that movie was was awesome yeah was, i saw it again the next morning Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're um, seeing it again tomorrow at 9 a.m. Yeah, at the IMAX in 2D. In 2D. I just made a two symbol for with everyone the, with watching. The 70 millimeter. Yeah. On fi- actual film. Yeah, I'm excited to see it again. Like it just, man, the, it nailed for me. The only thing that I don't like, and I still like it. I don't even care. Is the Tarkin 
CGI face and the Princess Leia CGI face. Yeah. Which, again, I told you, major spoilers. It's like, yeah, that was, uh, so yeah, uh, Governor Tarkin. Is a major, he's actually a pretty substantial character in this movie. Which makes sense, because when we see him in The New Hope, he's taking command of the Death Star. And we actually see that scene happen where he steals it from the guy who built it. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things in the movie, I guess we'll just jump around as we go, like, we'll go through it, but uh, is how director Krennic, Orson Krennic, gets murdered by his life's work. Like, yeah. he's just watching it shoot down. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's oh, like I did just, a good job. God damn it. Yeah. I did way too good of a job. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny. Like, the irony. I don't know how many people noticed that, but I just thought that was great. That was, I, I love that part. I mm. love that. I mean, like, the the CGI um, Tarkin and the CGI um, Princess Leia, I was like, on the one hand, I'm like, Technology. Uh, this is weird. It's like technology has not come far enough that we can pull this off. It's something to do with the eyes and the skin. Like it still felt, it still looked very waxy and shiny. I was like, oh, this looks almost like from Rebels. Like this looks almost like. I know that sounds weird, but like, oh, okay. So this, they really are trying to merge the two, the yeah. two cohesive universe. And you, you've been watching Rebels, right? I am almost done with season two cool but um i didn't hate it and actually like it's great to to blame like the oh the cgi face sorry. well no to to like i'm upset about it in the sense that like i wish technology was better because yeah. it's not the movie's fault that it was made 40 years after the other movie it's setting up yeah like it's 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 like how are we going to do this movie without these characters and they were just like we can't we have to have them they could they could have done stuff where like when when you first introduced when you first in- introduced to Tarkin in this movie, he's um he's facing a window so you see his reflection. So they could have done like a really stupid thing where he just is looking off or you half see his face the like whole you don't time. I know and that would not it would not have really worked. And the other thing they could have done was he's on his way, and then you see him for like a minute at the end or something. Yeah, like he could have been like coming from Coruscant or something. But then he wouldn't have had an impact in the movie at all. Yeah. And it was fun to see him. Yeah. I think the best cameos were the ones where they they used actual footage of like a red leader and gold leader from A New Hope. Yeah. And then they had those guys in there. And it was, I, I remember just like, they just threw it in there and you're like, oh my God, it's those guys. What? Yeah. They, 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 I remember reading about that. They were like, yeah, we had these reels of footage from the original Star Wars. Yeah. And they were like, what's on it? And they were like, we don't know. And then they watched it and they're like, oh shit, we're using this. Yeah, it well, it awesome. makes sense. I mean, yeah. those guys are clearly on Yavin Four because that's where they're they attack the Death Star from. Yeah, and if they're scrambling X wings, of course, Red Squadron's gonna go. Yeah, and then they had Blue Squadron, which I didn't know was a thing, but that was really cool. Yeah, I, I was surprised like how many people died. Like they killed all the characters in the movie. Yeah, there were like almost no survivors in this film. I mean, even the side characters, like the Blue Squadron guys, like all of those X wing pilots which, died, which explains why they're not in. Uh, yeah, a new hope. That, yeah, and then it, it really makes you feel you, it's, oh, you it's to, a war. You get to see Red Five die. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. huge thing to me because it's like, oh, because now like that that's why he's Red Five. Yeah, that's why Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because the original it, Red Five gets killed. There. It's cool because there's a lot of things in the movie like that that they don't they don't shout it in your face. They just say it, and if you're paying attention, you get it, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Look at that. Yep. I mean, it was never. Th- you know. There's supposed like there's a part in I didn't see it. I'll try to look for it tomorrow. There's a part where you're supposed to be able to see the ghost, which yeah. is Hera and Kanan Jarrus' ship from I saw Rebels. It. I didn't. It's see in the it. trailer. And then also there's the and they also um, Chopper. 
Chopper. I didn't see him when I because cause you're you're so distracted. It's the scene where the guy runs back to Mon Mothma and he's like, "Wait, we've got a, con- a communication from Scarif. We need to send the fleet." Right? Isn't yeah. that what happens? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what I liked about that scene? It's just a weird thing to like and be, notice, but I liked when that guy ran up that sh- her bodyguards were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, they were like, what are you doing? Like, like they're so, like, they're such, re- like, they're such rebels. No, but I mean, the, the rebelness, like, the, their situation is so tense that they can't trust their own people. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really awesome detail in that movie like you know like that didn't have to be there and it, in uh, most screenwriters are direct like they wouldn't have even thought about they, that. yeah they made it clear like this was very desperate and yeah that everyone who's there is like you're here because we think you're cool but we don't know yeah because we're like hiding well and there you know there there's a there's a history with saw Gerrera's character so and <clears throat> they kind of they kind of look at that guy as a crazy old like coot yeah so the the movie begins with the the start of this movie is a little bit all over the place. It starts off with Orson Krennic arriving at the uh, arriving at this planet. I don't remember what if they, I think they named it. Yeah, the only planet they don't name in the whole movie is Mustafar where Darth Vader's castle is. Where I think he's training inquisitors. But so um Probably. when they they so Orson Krennic shows up with a bunch of I guess they're supposed to be robot dark troopers but we never get it's never made clear. They make weird sounds. Yeah. But they look like people walking. Weird droids. They sound like gonk droids with guns. Yeah. And uh so they they kidnapped uh Galen Urso and murdered his wife. Murdered his wife. Her name was. Jin's mom. Yeah. And uh Jin's mom. That's her name. And uh Jin is hiding in this uh basement and then the basement door opens and it's uh Sagarera. Yeah. Played by Forrest Whitaker. And he's like, Stay there, child. Yeah. He's, and he and his voice is old man. The and that's time. all we get to then that's like the opening part of the movie. We see like, okay, her family is taken away. Yeah. And Sagarera rescues her. And if you watch um Clone Wars, mm-hmm. you know that he's like this he's He's been a rebel since like before Before there were even rebels. He was fighting against the separatists. Yeah. And he's like um he's like a terrorist. Whereas the other one was like, oh, we're freedom fighters. And he's like, we're going to blow things up yeah. and kill a bunch of people. We're going to use some tactics that are not necessarily savory. Yeah. So they established that that's – that. so he, it's clear like, okay, he's going to take care of Jin and that's why Jin is, is who she is and she can like mm-hmm. – he's good at combat. Then the next thing we see is that weird planet. I forget the name of it, but it's like it, – it, it, it was a very Star Warsy scene, if that makes sense, because it's like it looked like a planet. It was like buildings going one way. It and reminded then, me of Nar Shaddaa, but yeah, it was like Nar Shaddaa, but it was like half of it was upside down. Oh yeah, that was really fucking cool. And then they that's, show that's what I wanted in. I told you this in the theater, but this is what I was looking for in Episode Seven that we didn't get. Yeah, I wanted to expand the universe, and I wanted and I, they did like they went to new planets, but it felt like going to the same planets with different names. Yeah, like they were all analogs for. Like Starkiller Base was Hoth. Yeah. Uh, Jakku was Tatooine. Uh, Takodana was like Endor, maybe sort of. Like none of it was. We're gonna see a new metropolis. We're not gonna see new cities and new. Yeah. Like I, w- this movie, we get a lot of cities and like people living on the ground. Like, like they, the the scene at this this planet that I cannot remember the name of. They're yeah. walking through like it shows Kaizen and he's like on a Kaizen. What's his name? Cassian. Cassian. I keep fucking up the names. Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. He's walking through because he has to go meet somebody. Yeah. And 
he's walking One through this crowded scenes. alley, yeah. and you see all these different aliens. You see a stormtrooper patrol. Yeah. You see people cooking. Yeah, like there's like restaurant. Like there's it's a little like, like a street- southeast Asian yeah, market. It, exactly. Yeah, and it's like. That is extreme. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then or he- like Blade Runner. It's a little bit like L.A. and Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then he gets he f- he, he finds, finds his contact his contact who basically sets up like, hey, there's a pilot who has some secrets, yeah. and he's met with Saw Gerrera, and we don't. And, and, you, and you really get again, you get that desperation of the rebellion. Like this is very like fragile. Like at the, any moment, like they could get caught and destroyed and crushed. You and know? then and then very different than other. Star Wars movies where the the main characters are like purely paragons. Like, par- they're purely benevolent. Yeah, Cassian's like, listen, we're gonna get out of this. And yeah, he just well, fucking shoots him in the back. Well, because yeah, the guy can't climb the ladder. He's like, oh, we're trapped. What are we gonna do? And he's like, we can climb up that la- we can climb up that ladder. And he, I can't do it with the accent. Very yeah. Well. And then he's like, I can't make it. I'm hurt. And he goes, all right, we're gonna make it. And he just shoot. It was so shocking. It was like, oh my god, he's and and that's that sets up his character perfectly. Like that's such a. If you're writing a script and you want to know how to set up characters, like this is how you do it. You have them do something to show you what, like that tells you so much about that guy that he's been doing this for a long time, so he has no remorse. He's like maybe he feels bad, but that reflex of feeling bad is deadened to the point that yeah, like he just we, moves on and he keeps doing his job. Yeah, we get a sense that like because there's two. It starts off with two stormtroopers like confront them. And then he like does a quick draw and shoots both of them. So it's yeah. like, okay, he's basically like a secret agent, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, he's like a spy for the rebellion slash like intel. Like he gathers intelligence, but he's makes ruthless. It. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's just it's such expert character work. Yeah, I I I can't emphasize it enough. Like there's so many movies that they go, oh, I used to do this, and the person just tells someone. Yeah, but you don't need like, and in your in your mind, you're creating the story of Cassian Andor like this. He's been doing these dark kind of missions for a long time. And right. He, you know, he probably made deals he didn't want to, and he probably, you know, betrayed people sometimes or left people or yeah. just to get the And we see all that just because done. he shoots that guy in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the next scene. Th- the first part of this movie is really confusing to me because then they cut to Jeddah, uh, and it's this pilot, this freighter pilot, who's being delivered to... Bodhi Sa- Rook. Yeah, Bodhi Rook is being delivered to... Played uh, by Riz Ahmed. Be, he's delivered to Sagarera's mercenaries, and there's yeah. that one alien who's like the. He's got like a robot face on the bottom. Yeah, that guy I, was so cool. I want that action figure so bad. They, I mean, those th- like that species has existed in Star Wars for like a long time. I feel like really. Never, yeah, there was a Jedi Master who I think was one of those things. Oh, maybe like a peripheral one. Yeah, but like. Um, it was really awesome because they were like they put a bag over his head and they dragged him to yeah, Sagarera, real shit. who has like, like robot legs yeah. now, um, and a breathing apparatus because he's just he probably got blown up by one of his own bombs. Yeah, he's been fucking <laughs> doing doing the work for too long. Yeah, uh, and then we also get to see Jin and she's in Imperial Prison. Yeah, and we don't know why. Uh, and she, just from like it was just kind of petty crimes right and like so forging documents and so it takes like 10 minutes before the movie starts getting to like a healthy clip yeah uh where it's like uh, there because the first 10 minutes are just like we're setting up here's all the principal things you need to know right away yeah um the rebels are vaguely aware that something's going to happen uh the person they need to talk to is with Sagarera, who is not with the rebels uh, and rebels adjacent, and they need and Jin Urso knows Sagarera, so they need her in order to kind of. Well, they also need her because they know her father is the guy who's working on the Death Star. Yeah, later. well, they didn't they didn't care about that. They're just like, you need to help us talk to Sagarera because he won't talk to us. 
Yeah. Which makes sense, actually. But I think, didn't they, they also wanted her because they know her father's connected to the Death Star. They said that. That was, well, yeah. I mean, that, that I was think part they, of it. It's not all of it. I mean, I know, yeah, they wanted her to go talk to Saw, but. But her, but her whole, her whole feeling was like, when she got, to, when she talked to Saw, because cause she does introduce them to Saw Gerrera, and eventually she's just like, look, I, he was like, what, what's in this for you? And she's like, I was supposed to set up a meeting. I set up the meeting. I'm yeah. done. I'm leaving. And, and then, then he, he plays meeting. And or then, I mean the message. And then he plays her the message, and then she's like, "I gotta stick around." Stardust. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, and and what's cool about that is you get the sense that she's sort of like her parents. She's almost an orphan in a way, and she's kind of just been like this this like riffraff, like going floating around probably from job to job, like planet to planet, and she gets you know does something illegal, gets in trouble, and she doesn't really have a purpose. And then as soon as she sees her father telling her this stuff, she's suddenly like, all right, I know what I'm doing. This is my motivation. And again, like one of the, the, the amazing things about this movie is every character is doing, like it makes sense that they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Even, I mean, Bodhi Rook is like the one that I'm like, they never really told us why he decided to betray the Empire, but I was okay with it. Because to me, it's just he probably saw something he didn't like. You know, he knows that they're bad. And he's a good guy, so he's... Yeah, you know, he tried to... Like, Galen decide. convinced him, like, you should do the right thing. You're the only one who could do the right thing. Yeah, and then you also kind of get the the feeling that Galen's a very strong character from those first... The first scenes... Yeah. ...in the field with Orson Krennic, and you, so you know that guy could persuade somebody, and you know that he's not a bad guy, like, he wants to uh, uh, set up... And that's another cool thing about this movie, is... You always want, everyone always joked about why would the the Empire have this big awesome weapon and have a flaw in it? And this movie answers that question by saying, "Well, the designer put a flaw in because he felt bad and he didn't want to do this." Yeah, they established it like he's so smart. He was like, "Yeah, the, this uh, he he built a flaw in it that was so subtle that no one would notice it." Yeah, exactly. And then you know if the. The Force guides Luke Skywalker to shoot his proton torpedoes into that flaw. <laughs> his semen X-wing seeds the 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 egg of the Death Star. Big ass metaphor and it there. Explodes into life, so except good. it's really exploding into death because all those people died in it. But whatever. Yeah, but so that Luke, was Luke Skywalker, hero or serial murderer? Tonight on Coruscant tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we get so that was I mean like. We get to see... Uh, it's the, so cold in space that the Minox are sucking each other off. That's insane. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to change it. So, the, <laughs> like the, they, they rescue Jin from prison, and we get to see K2SO, who is an oh amazing God, yeah. robot. Such a good character. He, gra- he grabbed... Like she's, I didn't she, think they could top BB-8, but they kind of did. They did so kinda well. Did. Like, um, Sorry, BB-8. So, she's, um, Jin's being taken to like a work camp, and a door opens, and it's the Rebels. Yeah. And they come in, and they cut her free, and she just... Beats the shit out of him with a shovel. I'm surprised and then she was such a dick. It's like they just saved you. Like you're not going to be a little bit. Oh, she trusts no one. Yeah. That's how she survived. Which makes because think about it. Like how has she survived? Think about it. By makes sense. Getting through. Scrapes. Like we le- I learned. Like that Being again. Scrappy. In, in the same way of Cassian shooting that guy in the back. That told me a lot about Jen Erso. It's like she trusts nobody. Yeah. And that's probably why she's alive. Yeah. And so she beats him up with a shovel and she runs out and K2SO's right there just grabs her by the neck and slams oh, her. Oh man, he body slams and her. And he's just like, you're being rescued. Try not to resist. Yeah. Hilarious first line. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Nailed it. He, oh, nailed it. I don't think I've ever seen an Alan Tudyk movie I didn't like. Yeah. 
Or I didn't, or that I didn't like him in. So good. I think uh, Wreck It Ralph is the only one because he he had to play like the bad guy, and I was I just I, I want him to be a good guy. I like yeah. him. I want him to do good stuff. Great as a good guy. Yeah. And so she she goes to Yavin, and we get to see that guy on that big stick thing with the little thing. Yeah. He's still there. Well, there's they got shifts. I'm sure there's different ones. <laughs> they probably have I don't know how he gets down from that thing. Uh, yeah, repulsor lifts. Maybe. But so they take Jin in. She has like a conversation with Mon Mothma, and they're like, "We take you to Jeddah. You'll introduce us to Sagarera, and that'll be that." Yeah, and then, and they have that cool other guy. Like, I really loved all of those people in the control room slash conference or whatever they have, where they have those uh, yeah. Masasi temples. What are those temples called? I forget. Uh, Masasi. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Um, maybe it's different now because that's Legends technically. They never ever. They, the name I mean, there were movies. dark Jedi temples on Yavin. That's not changed. No, but those were also there was aliens that lived there, and those they built the temples. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I just I loved how all those guys they had a very seventies look. Yeah, which was what A New Hope was like. All those characters had crazy mustaches and goofy hair, and somehow they nailed it, and it didn't look tacky or bad. It just no. looked perfect. They made it, it like so culturally. Good. That's where the planet is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of mustaches in this movie. Yeah, blue blue leader. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, oh, and we got to see Bail Organa. Yeah, which was really it was that was like the the biggest uh, prequel uh, connection was Bail Organa because he's he played yeah he's uh, if anyone doesn't know he's Princess Leia's stepfather yep um, and yeah and then he goes to he's like I'm going back to uh, Alderaan to prepare Alderaan, for war where he gets murdered in A New Hope like right after that mm-hmm. like right away mm-hmm. um, and that I thought that was pretty pretty neat and then we get to and so she's. She's sent to go to Jeddah, and Cassian gets special orders. He's like, "Look, we're not bringing, we're not rescuing Galen. You're killing him when you find him." Yeah, Cassian's like, "Okay, no problem." Like he has no problem with that. Doesn't even think about it. He does though, because he ends up not. Shooting. He ends up not, but uh, you can tell like he's probably like when that happened. I was like, he's probably gonna do it. Yeah, he's at least gonna try. I thought he was gonna do it. I think, I think that's a good moment though for him to not do it. Because you get to see that he is a good guy, yeah. even though he does do questionable things. Yeah. Like, ultimately, he is on the right side, because he won't, you know. And he knows, like, it's messed up to right. trick Jin to go there. And Also, she's, like, up there. He sees her cr- climbing up there, right? Yeah. Or he sees her on the the platform. That scene was great. There was so many brilliant sequences in this film. Like, like the, I think that they're escaping from Jeddah and the Death Star is blowing up the planet, but not the whole planet, just part of it. Yeah, which was an interesting wrinkle in how the Death Star works because it turns mm-hmm. out that the Death Star doesn't have to blow up planets. It can just blow up parts of them. Yeah. And it does. It blows up. Like, so, so they... So they go to the planet of Jeddah, and on Jeddah what's happening is the Empire is harvesting kyber crystals, which are lightsaber crystals, mm-hmm. and they're using like that's what's used to like make the Death Star blow shit up. Yeah. Which makes sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh she's walking through Jeddah, and that's where she meets uh in my mind the two coolest characters in this movie. Yeah. I don't remember their names. Chip. Chirrut M- Mway. Chirrut Mway. And Baze Malbus. And Baze Malbus. Uh, Donnie Yen and Jang Wen, uh, respectively. They, uh... Jang Wen, I think, is his name. I'm gonna look it up. Pretty sure. Yeah. Keep talking. What were you saying? So, one of them is blind. Jang Wen, yes, that's true. That's and one of them is completely blind. And, and I bought it completely. It was, I thought, that's gonna be stupid. S- and yeah. It was so cool. I didn't think I... Yeah, yeah. And, uh... 
and the other one is like dressed like the coolest bounty hunter thus far. He has a gun. It's a laser, but it has a ammo belt that connects to like a, a backpack, backpack. Yeah, and it looks so badass. It's, like they look a, badass. It's a vacuum cleaner. Like you see those two, and like it's a proton oh, pack. Clearly, they're important to the story. Just the way that they're dressed, just hanging out. I just, I mean, they were almost. They were almost the kind of characters that you could have cut them out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all. But I was so glad they were there and they were kind of just extra. It was it, they were just these cool drifters. I mean, they obviously they were guardians of the Jedi temples or whatever. Yeah, they're n- and their job was done because Jedha was destroyed right after that. But also they took everything, so there was nothing they could do. Yeah, there was nothing left for them to defend. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the 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 way that they those guys played those characters was just perfect. Like they were, they were cool cucumbers. Like. Yeah, there was this. There's a sequence in Jetta where Saw Gerrera's, um commandos attack a attack a transport. Uh, the transport is taking kyber crystals. Yeah, and they they attack and Cassian and Jin are there, and they're kind of like. Cassian shoots one of the commandos and yeah. a bunch of stormtroopers, and Jin has to shoot a couple of stormtroopers as well. Mm-hmm. And they're almost like like they're they're stuck in the middle of this fight. They want nothing to do with. She saves a little girl. Saves a little girl. Um, hero. She's we a hero. We get to see like we get we get to see like this one guy runs up behind a bunch of stormtroopers and just throws like a bomb, and they all fucking blow up. And you know what's really crazy about that scene is it's. It just felt like like that's what the Middle East is. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. I think it's like that's you walking down the street and there's like an army. Like these are the people in power and here's the rebels and they run up and they just murder people and blow things up without any regard of the civilians around. Like it, Yeah, that was something interesting. That's what's really cool about this movie. And everyone was worried this summer when they did reshoots. Like, oh, they're, no, they're going to... Because the movie was supposed to be this, like, grittier war movie yeah. on the ground, like, in your face. And everyone was worried that the reshoots, oh, no, we want to make it more like Star Wars and fun and family-friendly. And honestly, whatever they did, I think they just changed the story. I don't think that they changed any of the tone. I think that it was very – it was still – there was a lot of gritty stuff. I and mean, we've already talked about that. It was a very – like, that movie actually made the like, – because the thing with Star Wars, it's like – it is a lived-in universe. That is a that is a yeah. thing they go like. There's it's, it's and this dirty movie, and gritty. This movie and amps that up so much. This, more. Yeah, this movie makes it clear. Like, oh no, it's lived in, and not everyone in here is like happy-go-lucky. Shit is fucked up, and not everyone lives. No, and not everyone is important. Even though some of them are, but they, it's like we don't. They don't necessarily get. And what's cool is right after that scene, uh, they come okay. to like a checkpoint. Yeah, and they're. They're captured, basically. They're like... I feel uh, like we're going backwards. We went through this part already, but not no, this no, part. Like, no. we talked about them being in the Sagarera's thing. Well, yeah, well, this is th- this is the part that made me, like... Because what the... I, I can't pronounce the, his goddamn name, the blind one. Uh, Chirrut Emway. Chirrut Emway. It's weird. They get captured, and Chirrut's like, let them go in peace. And they're like, ah, oh, this guy's blind. And he walks out, and he has, like, a stick. Yeah. And he can't see. And... They do this scene for like one second where he turns his head and you see a stormtrooper's foot move against the dirt. Yeah. And you see one of them move their finger against a trigger. And you're like, he can hear everything that's going to happen. And he beats the shit out of all these stormtroopers with a stick. And he's funny. I can't get over how great it is that he's funny. Like he sticks one in the foot and he's like, how's your foot? And then he uses him as a human shield. Yeah. And he just takes a bunch out. 
and then Baze uh, Malbus comes in and shoots the rest. Well, he, he he takes him out, and then a whole garrison comes up to kill him. And, and then... he knows they're coming, and because he, he, you can see him hearing it, and then they run up, and then you just see like all these these shots come like perfectly yeah. aimed. Mm-hmm. And he walks up, and he's like, "Ugh!" He's like, "The forest is watching over me." He's like, "I was watching over you." Yeah. And then he and sits this... down on one of the dead stormtroopers to rest. They, he has such a cool. Jang Wen has this really cool. Well, I guess the two of them—they're like this odd couple. Yeah. But they've—you could tell like this is the odd couple thirty years later. Yeah. Like they've just—they've been roommates for years, and they never found women, but they're best friends. But they—they just—they just know each other so well. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's cool. The, the only thing that I don't like about it is it's kind of racist that the two Asian guys are best friends. <laughs> it's a little racist, but eh, it's still, I'm glad they're there. What I liked about um, those, ca- specifically, because um, they're connected to the Jedi, but they're not Jedi, and yeah. I really appreciated that. Because the one thing, like, I know this sounds weird, but the, the part of Star Wars that I actually dislike is the emphasis that if the Jedi aren't doing it, it cannot be done. And I yeah. really goddamn hate that. Well, I, I liked uh, Chirrut's character because um, part of the reason, like, you know, you see him react to the sounds and all that. So you go, okay, he's like Daredevil, basically. But he's not super powered. No. But I think that, in a way, he's probably minorly Force-sensitive. Like, they never say this. I'm, this is my own theory. Right. That he, he he has enough sense of the Force to trust it. It's either that or he just has blind faith, pun intended. Um, well, yeah, it's... Wait, wait, because yeah. I want to say this. Good. So, and I think that if even if you have a problem with a blind guy being able to dodge lasers and shoot TIE fighters out of the air, you can say, look, the Force is a thing, and it's guiding this man who has good intentions to do these things. So I think that ultimately... Even if even if some of that like doesn't like maybe he can't hear everything or he's not as it's like he can just trust the force. I mean later in the movie he gets he walks straight out and you know he's chanting his prayer. But I think that you can because of the way Star Wars is you can buy that the force is protecting him whether or not he's a Jedi you know and he's yeah not, but and it's like I mean he doesn't I mean he doesn't survive that that no. last part but, but he gets out there to the switch yeah and in that part where you're like yeah that's the the force is helping him and if it's not the force it's like. It's interesting because they make this thing set up like, is the Force with him or is he just so, like, he believes in the Force so much that he's able to do things without being fearful? Yeah, is he just, the, like, using the secret? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a vision board that he carries with him, but we just didn't see which it. Is a, which is a, which is a, a really interesting it's take ironic because he has no vision. Yeah, it's an interesting can't take see, on the way they, they establish, like, the Force, like, the, like, what people's relationship is to the force in the yeah. in the Star Wars universe, which is either they don't know about it or they don't believe it. And here's someone who absolutely 100% believes it, Especially but is not time, necessarily can control it. In a time when the Jedi are basically extinct. Yeah. Like he's still holding on to that and still has that belief. And we see that... And we see that in uh, in The Force Awakens at the beginning. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that gets killed by Kylo Ren at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he his his story is that he's he's one of those people like that's uh not force sensitive but he believes in the force and he kind of they have like the church of the force yeah and he's part of that yeah so it's it's interesting like they're they're expanding the universe in a good way in an interesting way we're seeing like the street level people how life is yeah 
you know. And then after, right after that scene, they go to see Saw Gerrera, and they, you know, the, yeah. Jin has that cool conversation. Yeah, we but while that. that's happening, uh, Orson Krennic mm-hmm. is basically challenged by Governor Tarkin. He's like, hey, it's been a while. Does this fucking thing work? Tarkin's kind of like, like it's, it's almost as if there's two levels of bullies going on here because... There's Krennic who's bullying all these engineers to build this thing for him. He's like, I'm going to cheat off you guys. We're going to have this thing. And then Tarkin comes and he's like, no, I'm going to cheat off of all of you and take this from you. Yeah. So he's he's just like this bigger bully that's like, no, I'm going to take credit for this. And that, well, that explains a lot of how the, how the empire works and what makes them bad guys. Yeah. Is it's like, oh, it's a hierarchy based on power and intimidation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of dicks that are just power hungry yeah. grabbing up. And so and so uh they they show the single reactor ignition that blows up Jetta and Well it, part of it. Yeah. Or the city. Yeah. It blows up the city of Jetta and it destroys Sagara's compound and the heroes get away just in time. Yeah, which um, is a really amazing beautiful shot scene with these crazy like the earth is ripping yeah you ju- it looks like an avalanche like a hor- it's like a horizontal it's a avalanche of, it's like a wave of of earth crust like yeah it's just it's so cool looking and they oh, show yeah. it from space like they show the explosion uh-huh. it almost reaches the death star it's so huge yeah and then right after that uh tarkin's like yeah you're uh you're fired uh <laughs> pack yeah. your shit i'm and taking it, over and it's I just love how Gareth Edwards' direction and the cinematography in this film are so beautiful. I mean, everything in this movie is good. Like, we <laughs> talked about writing, acting, characters, special effects, and the the look of the film. Like, it's it's the most beautiful Star Wars movie that they've ever made. They really, they really went out of their way to kind of make the locations seem unique. Because you got yeah. Jedha looks like, I mean, it does look kind of like a Middle Eastern city. Mm-hmm. And under siege, which is which even, makes sense. Even outside the of it, just those rock yeah, formations yeah. and the desert sort of and, and then, all that stuff. And it looked different than Tatooine. Like it wasn't. It had its own feel. And then they though. showed us uh, Edu, which is the planet where the Death Star was designed, where Galen is. Yeah, that was and they really show cool. us it's like it's a rain planet, but with these weird spikes. Well, I wouldn't out of call it a rain planet. It was raining when they went there. Yeah, but it was weird, spiky. Yeah, and uh, that was a cool. That was a cool like. The sequence you, was great. It was a very different location from where they were before. Yeah. And we get to see, like, oh, there's this uh, base built into a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought it was weird that they hap- that Cassian gets there at the same time that Galen happens to go outside. Like, that, to me, was kind of contrived. But well, Orson, Yeah, and, the, and then yeah. Orson Krennic would be there. He shows there. up. He's like, hey, one of you guys betrayed me. And, and Cassian has the debate on, should I shoot? And at the same time, like, the rebels show up and bomb the shit out of the base while Jin is on it. Yeah. And she almost gets blown up and she she's with her dad while her dad dies. Yeah. Super sad. I just love that. I was worried that this movie, when I first heard about it, I was like, Rogue One? But it's going to be about stealing the Death Star planes? Like, it needs to be about X-Wings if it's Rogue One. And I mean, it's not about rogue squadron at all no but i just i was i was very happy that there was as much spaceship stuff as there was because i was worried that it wouldn't yeah. be any of that and that we we actually get like quite a bit of x-wing yeah we got to see like see like a, a bombing run on the on the uh base which was cool in and of itself but later in the movie when they're assaulting scarif yeah. and they're like uh when it's clear like oh Jin urso and a bunch of rebels snuck into scarif we need to go there and help them yeah then we get to see this massive fleet battle, yeah. and 
And it's not even the whole fleet. No. And, and we get a different Mon Calamari general, which is really cool. That was awesome. Because... And the, the, the thing about the, that scene, and it's like, it's hard to describe, but when you see all the ships just appear out of hyperspace, oh, it's like... My dick goes so hard. It's like you smile, because you're like, that is fucking cool. It's so cool. And you get to see them fight a Death Star, and they... Or not the Death Star. They fight the Star Destroyers. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. have this plan, like, they shut one Star Destroyer off and use another well, ship to crash it into that, the th- second Star Destroyer. That, so awesome. That stuff is so amazing, because that's, that is perfect for what the Rebels are. Like, they're scrappy. Like, they they have these imaginative thinkers. They have these people who... At the last minute, or they, like, they're improving. They're like, I don't know how we're going to win this, but we're going to do it. And they have this general who's brilliant. He's like, I have an idea. We're going to take a hammerhead ship and smash it into the thing. Yeah. And that's like, it's, that's and how they win. Like, the Empire would never do that. And what's, the rebels what's, are- what's interesting about that scene, and you're right, the rebels, like, the, the way that scene is sort of choreographed is it's like, the, it's symbolic of the whole like conflict between the rebels and the empire. Because what's the empire have? Well, we have a shield around the entire goddamn planet <laughs> yeah. that you cannot get through, and we have these two massive ships and like hundreds of like they make it clear like the rebels are outnumbered. Yeah, in every sense of the word. But the empire is this bureaucracy that's idiots. Like yeah, the, like they they it's like the government. They're not creative. Yeah, the rebels are creative, so they're able to do something that's able to like oh we're able to beat all that. Yeah, but just barely mm-hmm. because remember at the end of the Scarif battle, like the rebel fleet gets the shit kicked out of it when the Star Destroyer shows up and the Death Star shows up and oh blows up all their guys. Well, and that's that part is really fucking cool when. Uh, like some of the ships escape, and then and one as they're escaping, yeah. Darth Vader's star destroyer just, poof, and it's like so big in your face, and it's like, and one of oh. the fucking Mon Calamari cruisers crashes into it, and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah, it was amazing. And then he, yeah, and then you get that thrilling scene. What we, we should. So okay, so after Anything else, we want to talk. I mean, we're getting close to an hour here, and stuff. Well, there's, or, it's basically like so. uh they have that. There's a long battle sequence on Scarif. It's probably like 25 minutes long. Yeah, it's a long fucking sequence. It's great, and it's like in the trenches. Like <laughs> you get everything. You get guys on the ground. You get like really fun guerrilla. You know, let's blow up these ships and attract attention. And, and we it's have like a plan. You, you see, like they're shooting the leg out of one of the, the oh my god the adats, and you uh, get to see like the, uh, the uh, I think it was Beast Bistan. I don't know. Yeah, how yeah, yeah. And you see him shooting a leg, and, and you he's get, like ha ha. And there's like Tie fighters fighting X wings, and then but then the camera zooms down, and you can see like, uh, like Blaze and Chair like running across the beach with all the rebels, and yeah. then so, and then a dropship comes by, and a bunch of rebels jump out of it, and they're uh-huh. still running. Yeah, and then they're like they're hunkered down, and there's there's stuff shooting at like yeah. And what's great about that whole action? One, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's on par with any war movie. Yeah, it's 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 probably the best Star Wars war scene besides like. The space battle rivals Return of the Jedi space battle, which, in my opinion, has forever been the best space battle. Yeah. But now I don't know. This one might be better. Yeah. Uh, and the, but was cool is like the the action scenes are all really really clear. Like you see it. Like yes. It was um, it was choreographed well, but also it was shot in such a way that you can you're focusing on a specific part of the action, not because that's the only thing you can see but because that's just what's in the forefront and everything is clear. Like I've seen this movie twice. The second time you see it, you're aware yeah. of what you're watching. You can look around. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part where they, the, what's his name? Uh, B 
Bistan, the dude, the the little furry guy. Yeah, he's shooting the leg. Yeah. And I'm watching him shoot the leg, and the first time I see it, the second time I see it, I was like, I look to the right, I'm like, I can see the leg getting shot. Like, I can, it's, and it's really like, the visual effect of that is awesome. And I didn't notice that the first time I saw the movie. You, you also kind of, cause, because of Empire Strikes Back, you just think, those things are indestructible. But it's like, if you have a U-Wing with a turret, with a fucking, yeah. like, turbo laser or whatever they had... That, I mean, like, it was cool to see them, you know, even though they were outnumbered, they still had enough, like, they have some shit, and they can fight back. Yeah. They have teeth, you know, and that was just really brilliant. I also liked, this is something they pointed out in the Slash Film uh, non-spoiler episode they did. They did a spoiler one I didn't listen to yet. It's probably going to be great. Um, There's a really cool, when when Blue Squadron gets there to help them, and they fly through the shield opening... There's like it's really awesome. Like you get this really intense like, oh, they're, are they going to make it? And then that last guy doesn't make it, and he's pulling up. And instead of like they they were they were saying this like instead of just crashing it, he crashes up, and he slides. Yeah, and he slides and it breaks apart, and it's just so detailed. I mean, the I think the only reason this movie these movies are existing is because Star Wars had such a big impact on so many people that all these people grew up and they love it so much that when they finally got a chance to work on the movie, they did not fuck around. Like, they yeah. really thought it out in they, every way possible. It, they could have easily just said, like, he hits it and he blows up. And yeah. Disappeared. But it, they're that's like, all they had to do, but they did that, which was so much cooler. Probably took weeks to make that little, that quick shot. That effect is awesome that it's it looks beautiful. like he's just landing. Yeah. Um, but so, and the one thing in this. Rest in peace, random X Wing pilot. Definitely. <laughs> um, I really like. I think this. I guess it'll be the last thing we talk about if we decide to. But um, Darth Vader, scene. the Darth Vader scenes, mm. we got to see. Because here's the well, thing. Also, real quick before we say yeah. that, the first Darth Vader scene we get, we get to see right know, after Galen gets blown up and uh, Orson is upset because he's got fired. Yeah, and he kind of runs to Daddy. Or yeah, mommy. he's like, oh, I'm gonna go talk to the principal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell on Tarkin. And then Darth Vader's just like, shut the fuck up, you're a bitch. It's like you fucked up. He like, chokes him out Yeah, a he's basically bit. like, look, you're fucking up. Your base got blown up. Yeah. There's traitors. You're a piece of shit. And yeah. I'm it, not going to kill you, but I should. Yeah, and, he's, then he, and we get, to, I mean, it's interesting because we get to see the, he, like, Darth Vader is just sitting in like. A back to tank. A back to tank because he's like, because he's hurt. Like, he's always hurt. He's just got constant sunburn forever. And I really like that <laughs> that had nothing to do with Supreme Leader Snoke as people on the internet suggested it might. Because that would have really disappointed me. I I I do want to know where Snoke's from. I'm fine. I I want him. I do want him to not have anything to do with the Empire. Like I yeah. like the idea that he's just he was out there. But I, I it was like okay, so this is just Darth Vader's temple. And if you watch Rebels, you're like, oh yeah, this is probably where Inquisitors come from. Yeah. And uh, so, but they already had come from there because at this point, Rebels, like this is right before New Hope. Yeah. So keep going. So um so um. We get to see Darth Vader in all his Darth Vaderness, not CG because it's a suit. Yeah, and uh, and James Earl Jones's beautiful, it's, deep voice. It's so great. Oh, it's just it's, it it's sounds like it never, amazing. It's like it never. It it just it's it's exactly how it was in the eighties. It's nuts. Yeah, it's and it creates menace, and you're like afraid, but also that's fucking awesome. Like, and he and he does the force choke on Krennic, mm-hmm. and it was so weird because it's like. I know this sounds so strange, but every time I've seen Vader do the Force choke, it's like this. Yeah. And in the movie, he's do- he does it with his hand up, like an uppercut. And oh, his hand's yeah. f- facing straight up. And I was like, I didn't know you could do that. Like he's reaching up to, to grab someone's balls and yank them out. Yeah. Like Bruce Willis yanking out the yellow man's and balls some- in City. And here's the thing. I was, That's a good reference. I, I did not give it credit. I knew, I knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. And I was still surprised by it. Yeah. 
And it was interesting that it was like this movie managed to take something that I know exactly how it works yeah. and look at it in a new way. Yeah. And that's a, that's what makes I think that's why I like this movie more than Force Awakens even. Yeah, it's a better film. It's, it's a, a better film. It's fil- a stronger film. And it it does things to the the Star Wars universe that it makes me think about it in a different way even though it's the same thing I have seen many times. What's really crazy is that it actually makes A New Hope better. Yeah. Which is another thing they said in the Slash Filmcast but they have a really good point because not only does it explain the flaw in the Death Star but it like it literally just goes right into a new hope, yeah, and it's so, like when you see them getting chased by the Death Star or the Star Destroyer, you know why. It's, it's like, like they the, just came from Scarif. Yeah. So that the ending sequence is they the Jin's able to transmit the Death Star plans, and she dies with with casting. And by the way, I just want to point this out. I am so glad they, they did not kiss. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but I'm glad they just had a bro hug. Did they of... not kiss on the way down? Because I thought... No, they didn't kiss at okay. all. There I was think... no romance between those characters, and it's good that they didn't force it. I bet, though, if they had lived, it might have happened. Well, I would have fucked it. The least. thing was, it was like, Cassian sets it up. He was like, look, we're both fighting this fight. It's just, you, you've had it a little easier than I've had. Like, they did, they disagree on the way that they're approaching things. I really like their interactions, too. Yeah, and at the end of the film, it's like, oh, they understand each other. Yeah. And they hug, and then they die. And I was like, I'm glad they didn't kiss at the end, because I would like, that would legitimately make me upset, because nothing justified that. Because they, they weren't like, it wasn't yeah. like a will they or won't they. It's like, they won't. They They're don't just, like each other. And even then, they maybe they would like each other, but that's not what this movie's about. No. And to throw that in there is just to, the cool thing, you know what almost the, the good thing about this being a Star Wars movie is that they can tr- they can take chances and they can do things that aren't formulaic yeah. because like this is a guaranteed hit. It's going to clean up at the box office because it's Star Wars. And it did. And it, yeah, and it yeah. did. It it's, only got beat out by Force Awakens, which is yeah. okay. And yeah, and it's still going to. It's going to continue to make shitloads of money. And the cool thing about what they're what they're doing is like they can do controversial, interesting things because yeah. people will just blindly go see this movie. Yeah, and even they though, actually they talked about that. They talked about like uh, I think Gareth Edwards. He was like, I was waiting for Lucasfilm to say, Hey, can you do a cut where everyone survives? Yeah, and they and it never happened. Yeah, he's like he was, he's like you're, you're okay with me killing everybody. They're like yeah, whatever. He thought that yeah, they, he thought <laughs> they would make him be like well at least one or two. And I thought the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, well, Jin's got to get away or Cassian or one of them. And they kept dying, and I was like, oh man, they're all gonna die. This is crazy. And that actually, but that's the thing that that made the movie like so much more meaningful. Yeah, if they had gotten away, I'd have been like, well, whatever. But because they all well, died, and then you would that, probably wonder why didn't they? Why weren't they involved later? Yeah, where were they? But now I don't need that answer. And here's the thing: I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it was weird because a lot of times when you watch a movie and you don't want someone to die, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, that's fine. That's good." They died doing like this very important, like yeah. impossible thing. Yeah, and let's get to the Darth Vader scene. Yeah. So the Darth Vader scene happens, and it's one of those things where they it's board like, the Mon Calamari capital ship. Oh, uh, and but here's the thing: it's not on the Calamari ship. It's on the. They're going to the Corvette that uh, the Corvette's inside of the. Ship. Yeah, it's like in this little dock. Yeah. And they're, it's going to that's Leia's ship, yeah. and Leia's on it, mm-hmm. and it, we get to see the Rebel troopers, the the troopers on that ship, in their goofy helmets with yeah. their f- fucking vests and the blue shirts and the white pants makes no sense yeah and they're they all have mustaches and straps on their helmets 
and you can see like it's it's exact like it's just like with um in the same scene on Yavin Four where they're all like oh it's the seventies aesthetic yeah, 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 same yeah. thing, and then we get to see like basically the opening scene of A New Hope, but instead of stormtroopers showing it's up, it's rever- Vader. It's like reversed. Yeah, Vader's. It, you first. know what else is? Yeah, at, at the end of Revenge of Revenge of the Sith. They tried to connect it to a new hope. Like they had that scene on the Tantive Four. They were like, Oh, this is the ship and yeah. and here's their he Bail Organis taking the thing and I don't know, I forget even what happens now. But the point is like they have that ship and they're trying to connect it and be like, Isn't this cool? Remember this? Member But it was too it's like Oh yeah. In twenty years that'll be super interesting. But in this movie It's like it, right away. It, it it it's so much more evocative of that and they do such a better job of of connecting it. Like it feels it does feel like a and, new hope follows this scene. Well, it does. It immediately follows. I mean, it does literally, but it, here's the thing it that feels like it should. The great part about that scene, and this is like, this actually was something that in Star Wars bothered me up until I saw this movie was Darth Vader doesn't seem like he knows how to fight. And then at the end of this movie, he's walking down this hallway. Indestructible. And they're shooting him. Yeah. And he's blocking. And here's the thing. They could have done like crazy like choreography. They didn't. They made him move like Darth Vader moves in the movies. Yeah, very slow and like like well fast, s- but fat, like slow circles, like just small yeah. circles in front of him. I mean, he's not doing Anakin Skywalker like no, like, like flipping around. Moves. He's yeah. just kind of very methodical. <laughs> he blocks everybody, and he just he wipes out this hallway of guys. And like it's, it's, it's nothing. So, this scene is so desperate that I knew they were going to get the plans on that ship, and I still thought they weren't going to make it. Like I was feeling the tenseness because there was like five, six guys. Like each one gets cut down. They keep handing off the data disc, and I'm like, "Give it to the fucking guy!" Just hand it through the door. <laughs> well, and, and in a way, you're like, "Well, of course he's not going to hand it yet because he wants them to open the door so he can live." So it makes sense. But then that guy's a hero enough to be like, "All right, fine. I guess I'm going to fucking die here." And he throws it in there, and then he gets stabbed, and the door gets cut open, and they escape like just in time. And there's a really awesome shot of Darth Vader standing in front of an empty hangar on a on a, like a cliff almost in space. And yeah. it's just like, and the ship's getting away. Yeah, and then a new hope. Yep, and then we get, and then they. It, it ends so fast too. Like all that stuff happens like snap, snap, snap. Like just you know, bing, bang, boom, and then credits. Like all it, of a sudden. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, well, they can't. Well, they can't really do much more because it's like we just killed all the main characters in this movie. Yeah, but there's they no, were, uh, no. There's no resolution. I mean. But the, the only thing they could have done is maybe like on Yavin Four they could get the message and have a ceremony. But why? Who cares? Yeah. But what was <laughs> what was great was the way this movie ends is okay. We've killed all the main characters. This movie. Now let's set the stage with the main characters of the other movie. Here's Princess Leia. Here's Princess Leia. Right at the end, all she says is hope because she gets the disc. Hope. And then we get to see Vader. He's looking at the ship, and we know that like he's about to go back to the Star Destroyer yeah. and chase after that Corvette. And they're going to end up in Tatooine. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it, it was, and that's like the Darth Vader scene is like, oh, he like, is he's menacing. It's also yeah, it reestablish like you just you lost so much respect for him from the prequels, and now and it's, it's all back. It's like holy shit, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what you said about his style of blocking? It's almost as if the thing that happened to him changed him so much that he's just like no nonsense get the job done i hate everything what's hate, it hate hate here's anger. the thing, here's the thing that's interesting in uh in rebels 
season two, uh, he finds out that Ahsoka's alive. Yeah. And there's that Spoilers part. for Rebels. Sorry, guys. He messages the Emperor and he says, and this stood out to me. He says, uh, the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker still lives. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say my apprentice still lives. Yeah. He says the apprentice of Anakin still which in my head is like, like Darth Vader is a different dude. Yeah. It's not Anakin. Totally. And that, that tracks with what Obi-Wan says, you know, Vader killed and murdered your father. Like, he murdered your father. And that's, that's, I mean, he knows probably from the Force that he's like a new person now. Yeah. I mean, he's still in there, but he's not. Like, it's this. Which, which is sort of like, I mean, I, I like this movie because it helped me really cement that idea, like, Vader is not Anakin. Anakin was a terrible character. Well, and think about it. He's. <laughs> They don't say that it's Mustafar, but I read a story where, like, an art director was like, yeah, it's Mustafar or something like that. And why would he go back to the place that the worst thing ever in his life that happened to him happened? Besides unless mother it was getting like, raped and killed by stand people. Unless it was like, oh, that's his home world. That's where he's from. Yeah, because that's where he was born. Yeah. He was born in the fires of Mount Mustafar. Yeah. <laughs> Lake, river... And that and that that makes a lot of sense to me. It was like, the worst summer camp I've ever been to. Like I, my camp counselor chopped my legs off and my arms. <laughs> <laughs> On the plus side, got a cool new hat. <laughs> See you in August. Bye, guys. <laughs> I got a, a cool helmet. But yeah, so like this movie reinvigorated my love of. Uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Which sadly had faded because of the fucking prequels. And it's it's almost, it's such a weird, because on one hand you've got Bail Organa, so they're definitely like, they have Jimmy Smiths, you know, it's like, oh, this is, this is, the prequels are still a thing. Yeah. But then you also have the Darth Vader redeeming, so it's, I have this fantasy that after they, I think I've said this before on this podcast even, but I've definitely told you, I think. Yeah. This fantasy that once they finish episode eight and nine, that they'll just remake the prequels. I would love that so much. And even if they don't use Jimmy Smith because he's too old, whatever, like just just <laughs> do it and make it good. This sound, you know, this sounds so, weird. I would love to see them make Star Wars story movies set during the prequels, hmm. so that I can give a shit about that period of time. If then, they did that, like if they could make. Because if they could make also, if they could, Star Wars story movies, not yep, episodes, just story movies that, that take place, those movies? that make those movies not suck dick, I would be thrilled. Like the way that this one enhances the, yeah, hope. Yeah. It, if they could, because that's the thing, uh-huh. it does make A New Hope better. Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie to me. No, no, no. But, but it made it better. Yeah. If they could do the same thing with the prequels that Rogue One did to episode four, I might be okay with the prequels. I would I'm, rather they just remake them. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that I want. Like, the whole Anakin turning to the dark side thing was handled so poorly. They did a bad and job. that should be some of the creepiest, fucked up, but cool shit. I mean, just the fact that Anakin murders an entire village of men, women, and children, and then tells his the girl he likes, and then later she fucks him anyways. Dumb. What the fuck? Like, so dumb. Never, he... It, the way you handle that is he doesn't tell her. He keeps it from her. That's how he gets evil. It's like that kind of stuff. It builds up. And because, yeah, because that would be like, oh, because if he tells the truth, that's him not giving in to fear. If yeah. he keeps it a secret, that's him giving in to fear. And yeah. fear leads he's to af- anger. He's afraid of anger losing leads her. to hate. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that whole line of talking because that's from the prequels. Yeah. But like that wasn't in the original movies. But, yeah. 
And but yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're right. We yeah. Should, you know what? We've been writing spec scripts. This is what we should write. We should just write. We redo the prequels. How make cool, them good. How cool would that be? That would be pretty awesome. We should do a Star Wars story that's set in the prequels, and then just say, "Hey, now that we've proven this, let's redo the prequels. Even let's if make it, these right. Even if this never happens, there's a reality <laughs> in the multiverse where Jojo Lewis and Luke Soyan rewrite the prequels and do and a good job, and we are heroes. Yes, <laughs> and we get to hang out with Gary Whitta, Frank Oz. <laughs> Love Garrett to spend Edwards. the afternoon with Frank. Oz. JJ, JJ watches our video where we where I was JJ Abrams. He's like you guys, and he's like, oh, you 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 got, that, you got me, you got me. That was, so that was perfect. That was, so that was great. Uh, I I love the lens flares. Uh, a little <laughs> little much. Just kidding. I, I, <laughs> not, enough. not enough. Should be more. If I was me, would have been like twelve more. <laughs> joke, joke. I'm joking. But yeah, so <laughs> Rogue One, excellent uh, film. Five out of five stars. Two thumbs up. It's like uh, it's certified fresh. I I mean I, I've been saying this, but I do think this is my favorite Star Wars movie. I know that the, it couldn't exist without the other ones, but I really do feel like this is my favorite. I can't put it above the originals just because on principle, but it yeah. is a better film than most of them. Yeah, I mean Empire Strikes Back is still brilliant. That's a great movie. No, you're absolutely right. But this one is so fucking good. And the I mean to to summarize, the only flaws that I have and I don't even care. Like I don't care. These aren't breaking they don't break anything, but if you can say anything negative about this movie, uh one is some of the characters don't get a lot of screen time, but that's what happens in an ensemble movie. You can't avoid that. Yeah. Two, it starts off slow. But who the fuck cares? I was enamored the entire time. It did take yeah. It took about ten minutes to get going, but, but once even, it got even going, then, it was awesome. I was still like enthralled. Like yeah. the, the stuff with Jin as a kid was fascinating. Uh, Cassian on that planet, even the random Bodhi Rook scene, setting up what happens to him, all that stuff. It was still like I really loved watching it. And then once the movie gets going, it just goes. And then the other thing that's bad is, I guess, is the weird CGI face. But again, like not it was the movie's, worth it. Not the movie's fault that no. that's what they had to do. It was worth it, and I think it worked, and it was fun, and I just, yeah, we love this movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, kill yourself. No, <laughs> don't kill yourself. See the movie, and then kill and yourself. Then kill yourself cause <laughs> it's, a high point. it's a high point of your life, is this movie. Until episode eight, of course, and then Han yeah. Solo, and then episode nine, and then whatever else is happening. Yeah. Oh man, we we're living in the golden age. Yep. Hopefully, it's, hopefully episode are, 8's good. These are the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> the halcyon days. God damn it. Uh so Jojo, where do we find you on the internet? Twitter on Bucky Gums, Facebook at JJL Comedy. Any shows you want to plug? Uh nothing coming up. There's not one next week you might want to talk about. Oh, there's a wonderful little show called uh, Stand Up <laughs> Nerdity. That I'm going to be a part of. And also, that's uh, on a Friday at... Friday, December 30th at 8 p.m. I was going to say that. Tickets are at Comedy Sacramento... SacComedySpot.com? Yeah. Just Google Sacramento Comedy Spot. It'll come up. And then... Uh, uh, they're 8.50. You can yeah. buy them ahead of time. Or you can go to the show. But, hey, man, it might be sold out. Might be. The first one we ever did there was sold out. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be me, you, uh, Kim Martell, Damien Harmony... Keith Lowell Jensen and DeJan Tyler, who's going to be the headliner, which of, everyone's of doing the same amount of time. Collection of funny people. Guy. It's great. Yes. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to tell all our all my Star Wars jokes. JoJo's going to tell his Wookiees joke. Yep. It's going to be great. Uh, what else? Do you have anything else? Uh, we're going to the Bay on next Wednesday to... 
Oh, next Thursday. Next Thursday? Yeah, uh, that's right. Sleazoid uh, Comedy Grindhouse, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be stand-up for like an hour or so. You're going to get, I forget everyone except for Kasim Bentley's on it, <laughs> uh, which is great. I hope he sticks around and watches our stuff. And then after the stand-up, uh, they do this thing where they play, they get a sketch group or some kind of people who have videos to show, and we're one of those people, so they asked us to do this. We're going to show, we have 20 to 30 minutes I think to show off uh, as many sketches as we can or want to in that time, and, and we'll uh, just talk about it. Moment, of, moment of truth was like maybe we're not funny, yeah, because that's going to be we're hurtful. Funny, yeah, I think we're funny, but maybe they're not going to laugh, and we're going to be like, oh shit, we waste our time a lot. We got to figure out what we're showing because there's so much to draw from. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we'll emphasize the recent stuff, but there's a lot of classic epic TV. Yeah, I kind of want to show Poltergeist. Ugh, that's going to get us booed. Is it though? Yeah, it's really funny. Oh god damn it! Surprise butt sex, dude. Ugh, it's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, in San Francisco. I forget what the theater is, but um, you know what? If you are listening to this and you really want to go, you know how to find us. Yeah, just just message us, tweet us, or yeah, we'll invite you on Facebook to the event. There's an event, you know, and you can yeah. go. It's gonna be great. Uh, anything else? Do you have? That's it. Okay, you can find me at Epic Tiki Comedy on Twitter, at Epic Tiki on Instagram, Luke Soin on Facebook. I do another podcast called The Sexy Podcast with Jared Guzman. There is an episode that will come out around the time this one comes out. Uh, we recorded it earlier this week. We talk, Me and JR talk about him talking to all kinds of cool networks. Uh, he did a bunch of, like literally networks, like MTV, NBC, all these things. It's really cool. He's making it. If anyone ever wondered if a Sacramento comedian could make it, he's doing it. Especially with one with no jokes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> he kids, he kids. Uh... Yeah, it's it's a really good episode. He, he talks about going to casting calls and stuff and how weird that is. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you've probably heard it before if you've listened to other comedy podcasts or whatever, but it's still interesting to hear. I've heard a million stories like that. But anyways, it's cool when it's your friend. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, yeah, Stand Up Nerdy, Sleazoid. Uh, January 4th, I'm doing the third Comedy Conch at Luna's Cafe at 8 p.m. It's a free show. Donations, welcome. Uh got Mike Sella, Saul Trujillo is the headliner, uh, me, uh, uh, Emma Haney, Kim Martell. Bunch of cool people. Yeah. I can't remember everybody. I'm really bad at that for some reason. I don't know. I would always be like, how do you not know? And you're like, I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> obviously. Like, oh, it's not- I don't have the poster in front of me. That's why I made it. So I don't have to remember. Yeah. I need to make a poster. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, I'm going to be doing some other shows coming up. Just go to LukeSoin.com. I have most of them listed there. Or message me. Uh, please leave a review on iTunes and give us a good rating. It helps out. It really does. Uh, also, like our page on Facebook. And send us comments or suggestions for topics. Uh, that one guy had the thing about Ghost in the Shell. It was awesome. He was our, our number one fan. Yep. And I don't remember his name right now. Great dude. Do you remember his name? No. Okay. But he, was, he had a long name. Uh, I think he was the third of something. He was. He had a cool. He had a cool white guy name. Yeah. We love you, white guy. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, all right, guys, go see Rogue One. We'll be back hopefully next week. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. Yeah. See you guys. Bye.